the Old Testament reading, Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 22 to 33. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Let him sit alone in silence when it is laid on him. Let him put his mouth in the dust. There may yet be hope. Let him give his cheek to the one who strikes him. Let him be filled with insults. For the Lord will not cast off forever. But though he cause grief, he will have compassion according to the abundance of his steadfast love. For he does not willingly afflict or grieve the children of men. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our sermon comes from the Old Testament Lamentations lesson and serves as the basis of our theme for the fifth Sunday of Pentecost, not afflicting nor grieving the sons of man. The prophet Jeremiah laments the promising beginning of Josiah the king and his later downfall in defiance of God, resulting in his own Armageddon. Now, to be sure, Josiah, at just eight years of age, took the throne and showed amazing promise before God. For he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in all the way of David his father and did not turn aside from the right or the left. Now, I have to be honest with you. I have a hard time believing any eight-year-old could show that kind of promise. So I asked our resident expert on eight-year-olds, our third grade teacher, what she thought eight-year-old boys would do if they were king for just one day. First of all, they would most likely cancel all homework, if not school entirely. Then they might decree that the day will be filled with video game playing and sports outside. Pizza, chicken nuggets, and a constant stream of junk food would be the required menu. And finally, there would be no bedtime. Up all night with the eight-year-old boys. Now, obviously, this is not an exhaustive list, and I'm sure your eight-year-old boy or grandson could add more than a few suggestions as well. But I think you get the point. An eight-year-old may not be the best choice to be the king of the nation. And yet, here's Josiah killing it in the late 7th century B.C. Under the careful tutelage of Hilkiah, the high priest, Josiah grew. And around Josiah's 18th birthday, Hilkiah found the book of the law in the temple and Shaphan, the secretary, read it to King Josiah, who tore his clothes, saying, Great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us, because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book, to do according to all that is written concerning us. 
Then Josiah went on a rampage like almost no king before him and nearly any king after. He set about to destroy the altars and idols to Baal and Asherah, burning them into powder and deposing their priests. He evicted from the house of the Lord the men who sold their bodies for Baal. And in the 18th year of his reign, he reestablished the covenant Passover celebration, which had been long forgotten, but remains our worship in the form of Holy Communion to this day. So, Josiah was definitely a keeper in the eyes of the Lord, who said of him, Because of your heart was tender, and you humbled yourself before God when you heard his words against this place and its inhabitants, and you have humbled yourselves before me and have torn your clothes and wept before me, I also have heard you, declares the Lord. Behold, I will gather you to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace, and your eyes shall not see all the disaster that I will bring upon this place and its inhabitants. Mission accomplished. Greatest king ever. All our hopes and dreams are met in this one man. And yet, Jeremiah laments today's Old Testament reading. Why? Well, even the good can and have done bad. And Josiah is no exception. Nico, the king of Egypt, was called upon by the very mouth of God to attack the Assyrians. And Josiah disobeyed God by opposing the Egyptians, aligning himself with the Assyrians, resulting in King Josiah's Armageddon at Megiddo, thus ushering in Jehoahaz's anointing as king upon his father Josiah's death in battle. So much hope and a king with so much promise is lamented by Jeremiah today. And Jeremiah recognizes Josiah's fatal flaw. He simply could not wait for the Lord. We are an impatient lot, aren't we? We want our problems fixed and the time of suffering limited to the absolute shortest time allowable. We quit running or exercising because of the pain in our side, rather than letting the pain go elsewhere and persevering on, letting the pain dissipate altogether. Oh, we rush in front of people in waiting lines at Panera and Chick-fil-A, we borrow money for the things we don't need to impress people we don't like so we can have the dissatisfaction with material goods now. And then, as if messing up our own lives wasn't enough, we vote for leaders with little to no research on their credentials and experience and demand that they provide what we want and then scream at the top of our lungs when they run our cities, states, and even country into uncontrollable debt by simply giving us exactly what we asked for. Then we are shocked, stunned, and even astonished 
that these venerable leaders fall off the mountain peak we put them upon, only to knock them right off the first chance we got. Not my king of the hill, we troll online. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Jeremiah's lament is our lament, and God is revealing to us what we were missing all along. You should not trust in man or woman. You should not trust in princes or princesses. You should not worship idols of your own making because they cannot and will not keep their promises to us, cannot because forces outside them won't always let them, and will not because sometimes they are simply rebelling against God. And so are we. We ignore the word of God and live lives that are shameful in his eyes. We skip worship and tithes for our own personal time and treasure. We lift up forces in opposition to God as winds of change that will blow in all our personal longings with little regard for what God desires. To be with you and to love you like no one can. So God, in his infinite and all-knowing eyes, sent another king that did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in all the way of David his father and did not turn aside to the right or to the left, sitting in solitude while his accusers hurled false claims against him, eating the dust with his mouth each time the Roman soldiers punched him and knocked him to the ground giving his cheek when it was struck by his enemies. And he didn't even look back when he was forced with whips to the cross. He only saw that place on Golgotha, literally a skull-shaped hill, not as a place of death, but as a place where he would establish his reign over our lives forever by dying where we deserve to be for our sins. Fulfilling the promises, so many kings, even the greatest ones, failed to accomplish. Saving God's people who could not save themselves with compassion, according to his great mercy, that he does not afflict from his heart, nor grieve the sons of men. No, he loves us. And he dies for us so we can all live forever with him. Now may that peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.